This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Oh, we got an interesting show for you tonight. We'll talk basketball. We'll talk football. We'll talk with you next. It's ESPN New York Tonight. one 800 919 Also via Twitter at Hardesty ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Hi, Gordon Damer. How are you? Larry, how are we feeling, my friend? Big oh. weekend of sports. Back finally on a Tuesday after the national title game last night. Fun times. Oh, I, I, I think my wife came by to see if I was alive. Maybe game two Sunday. From just it was chilling. a jam-packed weekend of football. You had a, I mean, Sunday, you know, by that point, you know, it's probably best to check in. <laughs> yeah. She, she was wondering. She was wondering. But listen, it, it was a phenomenal. And congratulations, my friend. Uh, you can still drive that Buffalo bandwagon. Oh, I'm big on the Buffalo. Now, look. Uh, I would have I would have been bigger on the Buffalo bandwagon if we would have been able to uh, to cover that line, right? I had my mm-hmm. my my um, same game parlay. I had the two while I was doing the show on Saturday. Uh, one of the aspects of it was a uh, Stefan Diggs touchdown. Mm. So at that point, that put them up. I don't remember what it was at the time, but it was well over the the six and a half. So I had all three at that point. And then, of course, it uh, you know the Colts had to make it interesting and uh, maybe a little too interesting for some, but uh, I, I still was able to uh, to uh, make some money on the deal. So it's uh, upward and onward for the Buffalo bandwagon. No question about that. And they've got an interesting one against Baltimore this weekend and uh, some articles as I was checking out ESPN.com about how <laughs> Lamar Jackson's like, snow? Come on now. I'm not trying to <laughs> – I don't really want to play no snow <laughs> on the road in Buffalo. I'm not really trying to – I'm not feeling that right now. I mean, you have to almost expect snow. If you go into Buffalo, it feels like every time the Dolphins go to Buffalo, it's always it's always late in the year. It's always ten degrees. So if it's not, if there's not snow on the ground, you almost feel like, as a football fan, you feel like you get gypped. Yeah, I, I one day I will share with you some sideline stories of uh, Jets Buffalo. <laughs> oh. <laughs> In December. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will share that I'm with sure you. were some fun times. Oh, baby. Oh, yeah. Fun, fun, fun. Fun, fun, fun. I tell you what, we'll talk about that. We'll talk football next hour, but we begin with the NBA. We begin with the new uh, – with uh, Kyrie Irving and the Nets. We begin with Brooklyn. First of all, on the court, very big win. You heard in the Sports Center at the top of the hour that uh, Kevin Durant, he is – Gordon, he is so good. He is just a tremendous player. He is he's clearly one of the top 3 players in the league right now. And he coming back from the injury, there were some who were concerned how he was going to play, what he looked like tonight. He just put this team on his back. 33 points and he just beat a very very good Denver team who at times looked like they didn't want to shoot the basketball, but nevertheless, he was outstanding. Yeah, outside of Burton down the stretch, they were really uh, Denver was having trouble, you know, finding shots and getting off shots, and more importantly, hitting shots. Uh, yeah, but uh, Durant, I, I don't think that there was much of a question if he's healthy, what he is going to be. I don't know that he's necessary. Like to me, the question of his health was never whether or not he's able to get back for the first month of the season. It's more of the grind of the season. Like, does that take something out of him after the injury last year? But I guess that's the best sign for the Nets is that Kevin Durant 
at least through, I don't even know how many games they played, 12 games, mm-hmm. looks exactly like Kevin Durant. Yeah, and they're very happy about that, especially with the other part of their big money tag team missing. And you heard it once again in the update. There's a video surfacing that shows Kyrie Irving attending some kind of party with a bunch of people. Now this, depending on who you speak to, it appears to be a birthday party for his sister. But once again, the NBA is checking into the the video to see when it was. So if it was during this time, I think the interesting thing tonight, Gordon, is the Zoom uh, conference that he was involved with uh, for the, the uh, uh, Manhattan District Attorney, who happens to be uh, the former Jet offensive lineman, Odeobushi's sister, who's involved in, in the uh, DA's office in Manhattan. Well, I mean, look, I think that the absence has to be explained. And until it's explained, I feel uh, that we shouldn't probably jump the gun. The problem with Kyrie is is that he's kind of, I mean, he's kind of lost uh, whatever wiggle room that he has, but I'll wait until whatever explanation comes down for why he is not attending games, why he's not playing games, uh, before I I really have a, a strong opinion on it one way or the other. The thing that I do have a strong opinion on is the way that he has handled himself in the meantime. You know, to kind of just basically go off and, and do whatever he wants to do and again, I don't know what it is that he's the reason why he is not attending games, um, but to not inform the team, to not inform the coach, to not inform the organization. And it almost seems that it's almost like it's a bur- you know, it's, a, it's an unnecessary burden that he doesn't have to do these things. He can kind of do a, a, as he pleases that I have a major problem with, especially for a guy who has had a reputation as being, you know, a little flighty and, and uh, you know, very, very strange behavior at other points in his career. See, for me, Gordon, uh, this, is, this, is why you, this is why you don't put yourself in these positions. Because normally, what does he do? He just attacks the media. And I'm not here to say to you that the media is correct all times. Listen, I understand being a beat guy with covering the, the Yankees or covering the Jets or covering the Knicks, whatever. And in a playoff situation, you've got folks coming in from around the country. They ask these questions. And you're, you know, when you've been there all the time, day in and day out, and you hear some of these questions, you're like, why are you asking these questions? We've already been through this. You're making it tougher for me, who's the person that's here every day, by you going to tick off this, you know, this athlete here that I got to deal with because – Ultimately, Gordon, they don't look at individual people. They look at the media as everybody with a microphone, a camera, or a tape recorder. So he he gripes about all the situations. He gripes about how the media wants to be in this business. He gripes about this. Here's a perfect situation where all you have to do is just make a statement. It doesn't have to come from you. Do, do what, what, what other athletes do, Gordon. You've got a Twitter account. Put it up on Twitter. I'm, I'm taking time off for some personal reasons with family or whatever it is. And that's it. To put the coach, to put the general manager, to put his teammates in positions where everybody is going to do what? Continue to ask what's going on with him. When is he coming back? They can't even tell you, Gordon, when he's coming back. They don't even know. Well, so when he left, it almost seemed like for, for, for Steve Nash, he wasn't aware of, of really anything. It was like It was like a complete mystery to him where Kyrie was, why he wasn't playing, all these things. So, um, I, I mean, at the end of the day, it comes down to Kyrie, and it would be great if he informed, I think the first thing is the organization. I mean, the fact that this guy is, is, is seen as one of the important cogs of the team, and he doesn't even 
you know, consider the organization worthy of a response or an answer or something, some sort of timeline, considering the importance that he has for that organization is absolutely mind boggling. And I don't care what his his reasoning is for being away. The fact that he's handled it this way, which is not really a surprise, but the fact that he's handled it this way to me is inexcusable. Here's a statement from Brooklyn Nets general manager, Sean Marks, quoting Sean. We are aware of a video on social media featuring Kyrie Irving at a family gathering. We are reviewing the circumstances with both Kyrie and the NBA in order to determine compliance with health and safety protocols. Kyrie remains away from the team due to personal reasons. A date of his return has yet to be finalized. In the meantime, we will continue to stay focused on our organizational goals. Kyrie will have the opportunity to address his absence when he is ready to do so. That's the end of that statement from Sean Marks. I think the only person that might be able to get him to do something and, and inform the organization or come up with a decision on when he might be back might be Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that that's the only person that he might possibly take a cue from. It's clearly not the coach. I mean, Steve Nash getting that job, the only reason why he got the job really was because that's who Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving kind of wanted to be the head coach. Um, when when, when uh, Kenny Atkinson was fired, you know, they can deny it all they want. The reason why, you know, when you go out and you bring in stars like Kevin Durant and like Kyrie Irving, you, to a certain degree, kind of hand over your organization to them to fulfill the, the, the whims that they have. And it's clear that every step of the way, the Nets have done that with, with both of them. And now with, with this situation with Kyrie, it's really starting to bite them in the rear end. And what was so funny about that, Gordon, is they were singing Kenny Atkinson's praises as to why oh. they came here. Oh, oh we the love culture. what he's Don't done. you remember the culture? Oh, that's right. Look at the, the great culture. Perfect. This is what this is what we want. This is why we chose them. The Knicks were never involved. We weren't thinking about them. Look what Kenny Atkinson brings. He comes here and then immediately they get him out. <laughs> yeah. And, and then deny you know, then denied it. You know, at least if you're going to do it, say, you know what, we felt that, you know, uh, look, uh, for for our whatever reason you wanted him out, come up with something. Don't say, "Oh, we had nothing to do with it." That's laughable on its face. If Kevin Durant still wanted Kenny Atkinson to be the coach, Kenny Atkinson would still be the coach. So, you know, part of this is I do feel bad for the Nets organization, but part of this as well is the Nets organization made the deal with the devil and they're kind of reaping the the fruits of that now, right? I mean, like they knew Kyrie's nature and, and maybe it was that Kevin Durant would only come here with Kyrie. I don't know. Maybe that's a possibility. But whatever it is, you had to know at some point that this was the deal. And the Nets made that deal. Steve Nash made that deal. So I don't really have that much sympathy for them. But the way that, to me, the main culprit here is is Kyrie Irving and the way that he's handled it or not handled it to the organization, I think, is inexcusable. And I think that um, if it were, you know, it's very hard to sell that to anyone because if you handled that in your job or our jobs in, in that way, it would not fly. But for Kenny, uh, for Kyrie Irving, he is going to be able to clearly get away with it. It does seem like the statement does start to sound like a little bit of frustration mm-hmm. from their side of things. But it seems like that as soon as they can get Kyrie back, they'll they'll sweep this under the rug and like it never happened until the next time it happens. Well, it's got to be a sense of frustration, Gordon, because here's the bottom line: they have no timeline. 
They have no right. clue as to when he's coming. If, at least if they say, well, hey, look, he'll be back at the end of the month. He'll be back in a week. He'll be back in two weeks. Then at least you say, okay, here's the strategy. Here's what we'll, until he decides what he's going to say, okay, here's what we'll address it to the media. It's this, that, or whatever it is. With no timeline, what do you say? We don't know when he's well, coming back. Well, he hasn't. He hasn't. I don't think that Kyrie has made up his mind when he wants to play again. And I really think that, that there is a part of that. And I know that some of the coverage of it has been that maybe Kyrie Irving just doesn't like playing basketball. I mean, it certainly, it certainly seems like that could be possible. He's a guy who just never seems to be happy in any situation that he's in. He always has some sort of grievance or, or, or something. So again, I don't want to get into the, you know, I don't know the reasons that he is away right now, but the fact that he has handled it this way and he doesn't have, you know, he doesn't have any reservoir of goodwill left. You know what I mean? Like he's always kind of done wacky things and, and been this kind of quirky personality. And at some point, and, and I mean, the stat that I saw, I think it was from uh, Stefan Bondi, was that the Nets, since signing Kyrie Irving, have played 88 games and Kyrie Irving has played in 27 of them. You know what mm. I mean? Like it, at some point it's like, you know, d- the Nets clearly don't really need Kyrie Irving anytime soon. So I don't know whether or not he's going to be back anytime soon. Yeah. How about that? I mean, listen, uh, Kevin Durant could just keep carrying this team mm-hmm. the way he is and, and the guys around them, but it really puts a, it puts a demand on them because of, you know, here's the thing we're talking about, Gordon, you got a back to back tomorrow night, you know, with the Knicks. Now you're going to have to play Durant, uh, you know, a couple of, more minutes than you probably would. I mean, earlier this year, they, they sat him out in the back, the second of a back-to-back. So yeah. now he's going to have to play. He may not have to play long. We'll see how the Knicks respond to him. But at least, you know, he's going to have to play and, and push that bench a little bit. And the bench is not as deep as it was at the start of the season. Well, look, when, when they brought in KD and they brought in Kyrie, to me, they and not just the Nets. I mean, any organization who made that kind of move, like whether it's spoken or unspoken, you're kind of telling those superstars that they kind of have the lay of the land. I mean, I think superstars in any sport kind of have more, you know, obviously wiggle room than, than just the regular guy. But at this point, I think it's almost imperative on Kevin Durant. I, I don't think that, he, that Kyrie Irving is going to listen to anyone else within the organization. So I think that whether fair or unfair, I think it's on Kevin Durant to get in Kyrie's ear and say, you know, at some point you have to give us an idea of, of, of A, why you're away, if there, if there is a specific reason why he's away. And more importantly, when is he going to come back? I mean, I mean it's kind yeah. of hard to believe that we have to, you know, for a grown man, put that out there. Like we, we kind of need some sort of information from you. And it just doesn't seem like he uh, sees the organization worthy of his time. He's bigger than it all. I think the key thing that you said, Gordon, is when are you coming back? We'll yeah. worry about why you're away later. When yeah. are you coming back? When you know what? When can we expect you back to work? That would be nice to know. Your teammates, you know, all this stuff about brothers in the room and brothers on the court and all this stuff. You're leaving your brothers hanging right now. We need to know what's going on. Yeah. It would be nice. And I, I said this to you uh, earlier today. I mean, the Knicks have done countless things wrong. Countless over the years, countless the many mistakes, coaches, players, signings, trades. This one, avoiding Kyrie Irving, they got that one 100% right, man. This guy is ju- it's just not worth the headache. Now, look, if you have to get him to get Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant is an amazing player, and maybe the Nets do somehow cash this in this year because of Kevin Durant's greatness and Kyrie playing that secondary role. But the amount of headaches you got to put up with this guy. I mean, the season's just started. I know. I mean, I know. he didn't play pretty much at all last year. And the, ga- the season is 12 games old. 
and he's already missed what the last four, the last five. I mean, I mean it's amazing. It is one eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. We'll get your thoughts on Kyrie Irving, the Nets. Can they deal with it? How can they come up and straighten this out? And how do they handle it? Because here's the concern: if you if you handle it really rough now, how would that affect him and his look towards the team later in the season? You have to hold them accountable. I mean, nobody can speak for Kyrie Irving but Kyrie Irving. And I think when you go through something like this, I would love to know if there is a principle on which Kyrie Irving is deciding to stand and stay out for. Because if it is, let's bring attention towards it. I think by not saying anything, if the unselfish thing is to say, hey, this is why I'm not playing because I want to bring attention towards this, then you do that. You say what you're bringing attention towards. But it almost seems like it's the reverse. It seems like because he's not coming out and saying, this is why I'm not playing, all the attention then goes on Kyrie, which is not what Kyrie wants in the first place. So I got to be honest with you, I I got no idea what the hell is going on. That was R.J. Williams, former Duke guard, talking about another Duke guard and Kyrie Irving. He was on Bart and Han today. You're listening to ESPN New York tonight here on 98.7 ESPN. Larry Harstein, Gordon Damer till midnight. And uh, Tyreek Butler and uh, Brian Mungia along the way with you. 1-800-919-3776. And Gordon, and we'll get to the calls in a second. Gordon, this addresses recently how athletes in all sports have come together to speak out about some of the social issues that, that have been plaguing our country. And we applaud them for speaking out. Uh, but then you wonder if, because he hasn't come out to say what is going on, you wonder if that's part of it because it did coincide with the situation we had on the attack on our Capitol last week. And then, you know, but you just haven't heard from him as we talked about in our open. So really at this point, I just think for everybody involved, it would just be nice for him to just let everybody know when he is coming back and let's move on from there. Uh, to me, I don't need an explanation. I don't even think fans necessarily need an, or, an, an explanation of why he's away. I just think that, because uh, that I'll leave out of it. But the, to me, the way he has handled it towards the organ I mean, Steve Nash is a two-time MVP, a Hall of Fame player, and he has been treated and looked like an absolute boob. I mean, from the first moment that Kyrie left... It's like Steve Nash is like, uh, he's, just, he's just sitting in a chair. It's like he doesn't really do anything. It's made him look terrible. And then tonight, to say that he had not seen the video of the, I don't know if it's a birthday party or what it is, to say that, oh, well, I haven't seen it. Steve, come on. I mean, it's, that's, it, it's, it's impossible for you of not to have someone within the organization to have shown you that video. So for Steve Nash who, you know, might have seemed like a strange hire at the time, you know, a guy that, you know, kind of came in out of nowhere. Uh, they, they have done, he had, Kyrie Irving has done him absolutely no favors. And maybe Steve Nash should have known that from, from Kyrie's reputation, but uh, he has done him no favors so far, boy. You're absolutely right. As a matter of fact, Jay Williams addressed that with Barton Hahn earlier today about how, you know, what this situation has done is put Steve Nash in a bad place. Here's what Jay had to say. I feel so bad for Steve Nash when Steve Nash has to make comments and says there's an unknown timeline on when Kyrie Irving is going to come back and play. Think about the position that puts him and that puts teammates in each and every day when they're being asked about Kyrie Irving when the attention isn't focused on is this team getting better or not? Why is there even a need for that currently happening if you're not saying this is the reason for me not being here because I want to stand up for this. Now it's speculation and that's problematic. 
Jay Williams. And once again, echoing what you're saying, Gordon, because yeah. once again, you put your coach and your teammates, and I've been in locker rooms, Gordon, and you've been in there too, where you're talking to players that play, a guy's disappeared, a guy is out, a guy's not talking to the media, and now you have to answer questions for this teammate. It puts you in a bad situation, and and it it's one of the things that can really kind of eat away at your chemistry and camaraderie in locker rooms. Yeah, and you would think for Steve Nash that he would have, you know, maybe there's a little bit of a grace period, right? Like there's going to be issues along the way for him, for every head coach, and he's going to have to deal with those things. Here we are 12 games into the year, and really it started, you know, a week ago um, that, you know, eight games into the season, he's already dealing with kind of stuff that what answer do you give, right? Like the guy, you reach out to your star player who's not at the game and he does not get back to you. I mean, yeah. well, what are you supposed to do if you're Steve Nash? It just makes him look terrible. It really does. It does. Jay's in Staten Island. Hey, Jay, kick us off on ESPN New York tonight. What's up, Jay? Hey, what's going on, fellas? Hi. Hey, what's going on, fellas? How you doing? Uh, good, good evening. Um, can you guys hear me? Yeah, we got you, Jay. Go ahead, my friend. Okay, I'm sorry, brother. Uh, I mean... When I, when it comes to Kyrie, I just want to say that you got to respect his work, you got to respect his resume, you got to respect him when he's on the court. But when he's off the court, I mean, I, I think Gordy said it best. He doesn't owe us an explanation. He doesn't at all. You understand? And uh, for those that are asking, you know, we don't know. We don't know what's really going on. But for for him to be on a, on a team to, you know, he, he he's on a basketball team. You understand? He it's he, it's not just him and and four other players. You understand? It's, it's it, he's a, he's on a team that's like a tender, and he needs to go out there and you know he needs to play. You understand? And and I and I have a problem with him not going out there performing. Whether what's going on because this Nets team is good, you know, and I and I also have a problem with the Nets giving him that much power. And honestly, I mean, I don't know you guys' opinion. Like I said, you gotta respect him, but it comes to a point where you know the the Nets as an organization has to put their foot down and say, okay, listen, they have to either sit down with him and say, listen, what are we doing? You know, uh, are we gonna continue this? You know, and, and uh, or you know, just get rid of him. You understand? Because I'm pretty sure that Nets team is too talented. It's a, it's too talented to get wasted, and you don't want to. You don't want to. You know, you don't want to waste a good team, especially with Kevin Durant that's looking like a top five player. And he's and it's and the last thing I just want to say also is it sucks for him because this guy just came off an Achilles injury. He should be. He should. He's the one that should be playing back to backs. You understand? Or you know, he should have that option. But he's out there performing and. And, and, and the Nets, you know, they, they need to put their foot down and figure out what they're going to do with him. And, you know, and, and he calls he calls the media pawns. The Nets need to move him as a pawn and get rid of him. Well, we'll see what they do, Jay. Thanks for the phone call. But here's the bottom line. They, they need him at this point. And they're in a tough situation because, Gordon, if they treat him the wrong way, if they ruffle him the wrong way, they're not sure what the reaction's going to be. I mean, yeah, but, I mean arguably, Larry, they haven't done anything yet. I, I mean – isn't this a case, you know, like they, everybody has people in their life that are just impossible to deal with, right? Like it, it, everything rubs them the wrong way. Like I'm sure the Nets have tried to go out of their way to do everything possible to keep Kyrie Irving ha- happy. And yet here we are 12 games into the year and the guy goes AWOL. So I, 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 Jay was saying about uh, you, you, you got to respect him. You, I'm not going to respect him, uh, but I'm not going to judge him yet in terms of the absence. How he's handled the absence, I'm sorry. There's nobody anywhere who can explain that away as being acceptable. 
No way. Sorry. Gordon, you said it, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. You said it last week. You have the number two pick if you're the Jets. What you do is very simple. Either you take the quarterback, or if you don't like the quarterback, you trade down. I understand looking at the uh, Heisman Trophy winner last night and understand how amazing he was. And he has speed. And wait, Gordon, I think he just scored again. He could have. If he stayed in the game, he would have scored as many as he wanted. <laughs> but here's the question. Who's throwing him the football if you get him? Who? Who? It sounds like an owl. Who's throwing him the football? Who's going to be on the offensive line to have that quarterback stand back there and throw him the football? You have to make a decision. Now, I will grant you, and that's why I think Gordon coaches and general managers can't ride that roller coaster like we do. Okay, so last night we saw Justin Fields. He was not great, okay? He wasn't great. He wasn't the way he was against Clemson, that's for sure. He wasn't as bad as he was in those two losses where he had the turnovers. So here's what we know. the great we, We've seen how great it can be, and we've seen how bad he can be. He's going to be somewhere in the middle, and hopefully you'll have a coach, if whoever drafts him, that will coach him up and make him and get him even better. But you can't judge him just on what you saw last night. You can't do it. No, and look, he he's been uh, Smith has been fantastic all season long. Uh, I've been a little bit more into. I'm not generally into college football. I'll be honest with you. The games are way too. Uh, how people sit on a Saturday, yeah. those games feel like they take six hours. Yeah, they do. And I was not really all that interested in the game last night. So you know what I did, Larry? Right. FanDuel. How do I find interest in games? FanDuel. FanDuel, promo code Gordon. Uh, <laughs> and I threw a little couple of bucks down on Alabama to make it interesting. But uh, mm-hmm. Devontae Smith certainly did make it interesting last night. So, you know, when that game is going on and, um, you know, he looks a- as good as he does and uh, the Ohio State quarterback doesn't look good really, at, you know, really at all, uh, Justin Fields, the questions to, oh, well, what do the Jets do it too? What do they, do they go quarterback? Do they go wide receiver it too? Do you go the offensive lineman? It's simple. I'm telling you now, this is the way it goes. If you're Joe Douglas, you look at the quarterbacks. You look at Justin Fields. You look at uh, the kid from BYU. If you love one of those quarterbacks, you take him at number two. If you don't love one of those quarterbacks, you trade down. The only way you stay at two is if you're getting one of the four foundational pieces that you can't get maybe lower in the round. Quarterback, left tackle, pass rusher, or shutdown corner. It doesn't seem like any of those guys are going number two. It certainly seems. Now, look, there's 100 days before the draft, so maybe things will change. But it certainly seems like Justin Fields is more than likely going to be either the second or third quarterback, and that by pick five, they will be gone. Same thing for Zach Wilson. Maybe it turns out that he drops down lower. But if there's a team, you want a quarterback, take the quarterback. If you don't, like, if you don't love the quarterbacks, okay, fine. Move down, stockpile picks, and you can find talent. Now, I don't know what you're going to do at quarterback. I don't know that, that that necessarily means that you bring Sam back. Maybe you find a quarterback lower down in the round. That's possible, too. Uh, I, I've, I watched um, the kid from, uh, is it uh, San Diego State? I was mm. watching, you know, tape of him. Oh, Trey Lance, North Dakota mm-hmm. State. Excuse North me. North Dakota, yeah. Um, I was watching tape of him, and I can certainly see why people would be enamored with him if he is still a little bit raw. Maybe you move down and you find another quarterback that way. I don't know. 
But if you don't love the quarterbacks at number two, there's no other decision to make. You don't need a left tackle. You have a left tackle. You already have that taken care of. That's the one area you have. So if you don't love one of the quarterbacks, find a team that loves one and allow them to move up and you stockpile picks this year. You stock. You like having two number one picks this year? You like having two number one picks next year? How about having three number one picks next <laughs> year, right? If you really want to start the rebuild, this is how you do it. It is a simple decision. It's either quarterback at two or you trade down. Yeah, done. I'm, yeah. And, and I'm not and telling he, you you can't take Devontae Smith. Right. I'm just saying you don't take him at two. Right, exactly. Exactly. Because you want him at three, don't you? In Miami. Well, look, I will say this. If Miami, <laughs> Miami should be doing the same thing. They should be True. finding a team that wants to trade up and get one of those quarterbacks, and then they move down. There's mm-hmm. been some scuttlebutt in Miami that, you know, now that they're on with Tua and they're sticking with Tua and that that's their guy, at least that's the talk right now, that they want to surround him with as many receivers that he is comfortable with. So Devontae Smith would be one. Uh, Waddle would be another one, you know. Uh, we'll see, you know, how that turns out and whether or not, you know, they're not in a good, as good a position as the Jets because the Jets are at two, the Dolphins are at three. But mm-hmm. that should be the approach for them, too. If there's three quarterbacks that are going to go high, trade down, stockpile picks. This is what the Giants should have done when they took Saquon Barkley. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Isn't it amazing? This kid, this kid was the backup to Waddle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> Imagine that. He's sitting on the bench. And not sitting on the bench, but I'm saying, you know, yeah, he's, right. he's, he's the not the main focus of the offense. Right. And once he becomes the main focus of the offense, he's unstoppable. He's a game breaker. And listen, great audition for him last night, though. No question about it. No question. If, yeah. if you I hadn't mean, seen is, him. Oh. He is amazing. Uh, he was amazing last night. You know, again, I don't watch many college football games, but because mm-hmm. of my focus on the draft this year, because I knew the Dolphins were going to have a very high pick, I've been watching, you know, uh, various, you know, uh, videos on all the guys. Jamar Chase didn't play this year, but mm-hmm. he's a wide receiver from LSU who was incredible a year ago. So he's going to be very high up in the draft. Smith is fantastic. Waddle looked very good until his injury. So, um, and there's a lot of people that still think that Waddle might still go ahead of Smith if he's, if he's healthy by then and, and, you know, the scouting combine, however that goes. But I'm not saying that the Jets can't get weapons and, 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 and players, but you don't, take them at, you don't take a wide receiver at number two if there's quarterbacks on the board that teams are interested in. And I think your point here, Gordon, that you made is, is excellent in the sense of not downplaying wide receivers, but there's so many that you can get in, even in the second round. Yeah. That I mean, will be difference gr- makers. I mean, you can find other positions uh, of, uh, you know, in, in every round, if you, if you really go, uh, you know, you find the outliers. Uh, but, you know, I know that he's amazing at the college level. And I know that people said, you know, he's like, he's like Marvin Harrison. It would worry me a little bit taking a guy who's that slight of frame. Um, you know, what, it, it's all well and good to do it at the college level, but to be risking a top five, top ten pick on that, uh, I don't know necessarily that that would be the way I would go. Also, Gordon, uh, Arit Samini uh, has reported that the Jets have kind of narrowed things down. They've interviewed everybody, <laughs> it just seems as though. But only one person has been brought back for a second interview. Yeah. The young man out of Frisco. Yes, uh, Robert Sala is the guy. And I, yep. I believe he is actually, there's been some report, some internet reports, people hiding in the bushes outside of the <laughs> Jets facility saying that he is actually has already arrived at the Jets facility tonight. So, Maybe by the time we, uh, you know, maybe by the time we end this show tonight, we might have a new Jets head coach. If not, maybe tomorrow morning. Who knows? It seems like this is 
for something that seemed like it was going to take a while, it seems like things have sped up here in the last 24 hours. That would be interesting because, you know, obviously – DCR will have that information for you. They're on from 5 to 8. Dan Graziano is joining them at 7.30 with his eye on the NFL. But, Gordon, during the Keyshawn J. Wilden Zubin, you could be making that call tomorrow morning be. with those you guys. You never know. That might be the case. Or maybe during Mike Greenberg and the show you do with him from 10 to you, noon. You, well, with him, I don't, know, I don't know if Mike knows that it's with him. But, yeah, I'm, I'm on during the hours that Mike is on. So, I guess that that technically means that I'm with him. Oh, you're there. Yes, Your I'm presence there. is felt. Yes, yes. Maybe not by, so much by Mike, who, uh, you know, <laughs> he's got big, hey, look, he's a very big star, you know what he I mean? Is. He can't be dealing with the, the likes of me. No, but see, Greedy's cool, and, and I know that eventually one of these days while rushing from, uh, you know, uh, from his TV show to, 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 the, to, the, to the radio show, yes. he's going to need you to do a couple of minutes for him one day. Look, I'm ready, willing, and able. I'm ready for that. <laughs> Hey, Gordon, have you heard about uh, the Marvel Studios WandaVision? Are the kids talking about it around your household? Is that the, is that the superhero thing? Yes. Yes. I, I th- I, my kid, you know what? We just are watching The Mandalorian right now. Uh-huh. But we've seen some, you know, my son is really into the superheroes and stuff like that. So, yes, absolutely I have. Well, I've got some, the grandkids, yes, the grandkids are talking grandkids about, are, yes. That's yeah. impossible. No, I'm afraid so. I'm afraid so. Yeah, and they're talking about Marvel Studios' WandaVision. The universe is expanding, Gordon. Marvel Studios' first original series starts streaming this Friday only on Disney+. Plus. So check it out. It's the original series. It's a series that's a blend of classic television and the Marvel Cinematic Universe in which Wanda Maximoff and Vision, two super-powered beings living idolized it's green i saw green i saw some of the trailers he's got the green face he's got different different faces it's it's a it's it's interesting i'll tell you this the mandalorian i was late to the party it's good very good show very solid show i don't usually like the superheroes i don't usually i'm not that big into it but uh, they do a nice job of making it fun for the kids and fun for the adults too Absolutely. Suburban lives begin to suspect that everything is not as it seems. Starring Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda and Paul Bettany as Vision. So check it out. Start streaming this Friday only on Disney+. Plus. Here's my big issue with... Here's my biggest issue. We'll get to the phones in a second. Here's my biggest issue with superheroes. Okay? Mm-hmm. Gordon. <laughs> and, and it's me. I, I guarantee you it's me. Gordon, why would you take your mask off? If you're wearing a mask that you're trying to hide your identity, then don't take it off. Leave it off if you don't care that people know who you are. The first Spider-Man, he's, he's going out, he, he, gets, he gets knocked down. They take his mask off, and then he says, don't tell anybody who I am. Really? Really? Stop it. Yeah, I don't think it Stop works that it. way. No. I mean, imagine, I mean, we're just trying to track down Kyrie. Think of all the people trying to track down Kyrie, and he's not even an actual superhero. If he I know. were an actual superhero, forget it. Zoom meetings and parties here and everything. It would be, uh, it would be wild. Well, see, that means he wants to be found. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> see, yeah. if he didn't want to be found, Although, he wouldn't be on those things. I don't know, man. Like, part of me, like, again, I don't want to get into the reasons why he's away. Yes. I don't want to judge him on that. But it mm-hmm. does kind of see, like, he's a guy who's had the reputation in the past. Like, he couldn't get along with LeBron because it felt he felt like LeBron was getting too much credit. Yeah. Is it possible now that, that Kevin Durant is back and he's, he's looking fantastic after this surgery? Is it possible that that has maybe factored into the fact that he, you know, oh, well, look, you know, you don't need me. You know what I mean? He seems like yeah. a very temperamental, very emotional kind of guy. 
Uh, and I wouldn't rule. I, I I don't think you can really rule out any anything as a reason for why he has decided to you know do this. You're right. I agree with you. Roscoe's in Brooklyn. Hey, Roscoe, you're next on 987 ESPN New York. Gordon, so you're telling me Mm -hmm. that we should trade the number two pick when we already have eight picks in this next draft. You want me to trade my number two pick, right? Mm -hmm. To, I don't know, because there's no quarterback or whatever this this cockamaniac of thought that you have, because I know know Miami would love to get D. Smith, which the Jets should. I want the Dolphins to do the exact same thing, Roscoe. But, but that's your team. Your team. Listen, you guys need a quarterback. This, no, Jets, we don't. About a quarterback. Listen, Tua is not the Tua is if Tua, not the man. Roscoe, if Sam Donald ever had a year like listen, Tua just Tua had in a, in a shortened year in a pandemic with no weapons anywhere around, you guys would be building him a statue like you were building that Tom Thibodeau statue a week well, ago. Fitzpatrick's, listen, listen. Our number two should go to D. Smith. That kid. Uh, okay. Right. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Waste that pick. Look, Roscoe. I want you to do that. I want and, you to do. Use it only- on Devonte Smith. Use the pick on him. Allow the Dolphins to find the team that wants to trade up and trade picks this year. Trade picks next year. It's great you have eight picks this year. You know what's better than eight picks? Nine picks. Ten picks. Twelve picks. Do you think that the, that Joe Douglas is going to nail all these picks and everything's going to be you know ice cream and roses? No, he won't. And the more picks you have, it gives you a larger margin of error. Of course. And that's why you want them. And beside, you have more than you need help on both the sides of the football and special teams. Oh my I God! Mean, you on. need you everything. Don't have a kicker. You need a you secondary. You need pass rushers. You need more offensive. And here's the other problem. You know, Roscoe wasn't saying to use it on an offensive lineman. Here's the other reason why I don't like using it the, the second pick on an offensive lineman. If Joe Douglas has any area of specialty, you would think. It would be about identifying somebody, you know, rounds four, rounds five, round six, round seven, that he can get as an offensive lineman that can come in and play guard, play right tackle, mm-hmm. maybe play center. And, 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 and you can find those undervalued players because he's a former lineman. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't really want to use the second overall pick, which has incredible value on another tackle where, you know, you're asking them to play guard or you're asking them to play right tackle. I don't think that makes any sense. No, that's what you do with your lower round picks. You're right, Gordon. And then that's the guy that gives you the versatility. That's the guy that adds depth to your offensive line that can play multiple positions because you know that you're going to have injuries on your offensive line. And I'll tell you this, like he was saying about, uh, you know, oh, you just want Devontae Smith. You might be able to get Devontae Smith at six. You might be able to get him at seven. And – you know, maybe get an extra second-round pick. Maybe get another number one next year. You can get some, you know, other players lower down in the draft. You don't have to take them at two. If I told you you can get the guy at two and just use your pick, or you might be able to get him at six or seven and get another number one pick, you're telling me you wouldn't rather do that? No, I would rather do that. That doesn't make any sense. Of course you'd rather do that. Now, my, my bigger concern would be, Gordon, is, okay, if I'm making that pick, if I don't like these quarterbacks, that means I'm bringing Sam Darnold back. Yeah, but that's the bigger. That, see, yes. see, that's the concern I have. Yes. And, and I'm saying, okay, I'm bringing him back. But if that leaves me that, hey, Sam, guess what? This is your year, my friend. Because I'm not giving you – I'm not picking up that 50-year option for $20, 30000000 million. I'm not. You, unless, you, unless you make a 180-degree turn and I see a guy that's throwing, 
you know, 30 touchdowns and one pick and, and, and finally goes over 250 to 300 yards a couple times in the game and in the season in games, then I'll, I may consider revamping. Otherwise, I, you got one year. You got one year. Yeah. Uh, look, that, I think this is all going to be a moot point because I think Joe Douglas is going to fall in love with a quarterback. I think that he's a GM and, and, you know, who knows how long he wants to bring in the coach. He wants to find the quarterback. It's time for a fresh start for everybody. So I think that he will find the quarterback at number two. But if he does not, uh, you know, I said the exact same things about uh, Dave Gettleman three years ago. If mm-hmm. you, you don't take the running back at two, you find a quarterback at two. If you don't find any quarterback that you love at two, you trade down. And sure enough, the Colts might have been the team that that benefited the most from all of that, right? Outside yeah. of Lamar Jackson at the end of the the at the end of the round and the Bills at, at seven or eight when they took Josh Allen, the Colts did pretty well for themselves, getting all those second round picks from the Jets and also getting Quentin Nelson. Yeah. They rebuilt their offensive line. Absolutely. You know, you know, if they had if they had that offensive line, they would the other quarterback wouldn't have retired. Yeah, yeah right, right. <laughs> He'd still yeah, be exactly. playing. <laughs> Trey is in Brooklyn, Texas. He joins us next on ninety eight seven ESPN. Hey, Trey. What's up, Larry? We got something for you, Trey. Happy what you Happy birthday, young man. And we will not divulge any ages on these airwaves. They are banned illegally by the FCC. No, really? Yeah. Well, <laughs> well let's just say let, let's just say I've been around so long that. No, I ain't gonna say that. Larry. No, don't do that. <laughs> no, I ain't gonna say that. Larry. I ain't gonna say that. I ain't gonna say that. Um, thank y'all, man. Thank y'all from the bottom of my heart, man. Buddha just shouted me out. He just Buddha just texted me. I really appreciate it. Coming from y'all, that means everything, man. Y'all are, you know, y'all family to me. So, thank y'all. Thank y'all very much. You and, Gordon, you know what else today is? What's that? Today's the anniversary of the Jets' last Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that, put that, that now, are you that old? Because that's been a while. There's, there's been a couple of trips around the sun since that happened. G- Gordo? Can yeah. I call you Gordo? You no, can if you sir. want. And not if you want me to respond, <laughs> no, but go ahead. <laughs> No, sir, I am not that old. I am not, okay, I am good, not good. that old. Then you're, then you're a young man. Yes, sir, but old enough to know better. I remember and um, I, wanted, I want to shout out Uncle Spike real quick, man. I had a hard day yesterday. My dog was hit by a car. Oh, and God, she passed that's away. I'm sorry, Trey. And, and, and yeah, and yeah, man. And we had to, you know, put it, you know, put her to sleep oh, and everything. Awful. And oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So and I, but I, but the first person I called, Larry, was Spike. Mm. First part because I knew he would have the answers, and he always has the answers. So he he, he he helped me through it, and we're gonna get through it. You know what I'm saying? But I wanted I wanted to thank him for that because he didn't have to do that yesterday. So I wanted to thank him for that. Um, but it's uh we got a, we got a little where, where's Kyrie at? Can we get him to wear his Waldo shirt? Can we get him one of those? <laughs> He's around. I mean, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. I'm so glad he went to Brooklyn. Thank you. Thank oh. you, God. Thank you, God. This is what I'm talking, Larry. How, Larry, did we not talk about this at nauseum for months? Yes, we did. Yes, if he comes did. here by himself, he's gonna be he's gonna be a malcontent. He's gonna make somebody mad. He breaks teams down. We would never disrespect that man's talent on the basketball floor. We talked about it crazy, Larry. He is one of the best, probably the second best handle to ever play professional basketball. Probably, it may be close. He's a finisher around the basket, left hand, right hand. But the, the 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 rental space in between his ears is crazy. He is insane. 
and he will rip a team to shreds if you let him. And, they, and they're going to let him. There's no accountability in, in Brooklyn. They're letting the inmate, I hate to say it like that, but they're running the asylum over there. And they're doing the same thing that they did in Cleveland with LeBron the first go-around. They let his boys, Maverick and them, walk through there, bring everybody in who they want in, and now look. It's a mess, Larry, and I'm glad. I'm so glad. And what we won, how many we done lost in a row? What, three? Three games in a row we done lost? Yes. Get, getting, getting, getting our butts popped pretty good. And I'd rather have that than have this man taking sabbaticals uh, not even a third of the way through the season because, you know, he's not in the right headspace. Could you imagine That's why they if he did Brooklyn, this with the Knicks? Could you oh. imagine if this was the Knicks and he he was doing the oh. same? It would be the back page. It would be the front page. It would be the center page. It would be it would be in the comics. <laughs> but it, but it's Brooklyn, so guess where it is, Gordon? Guess right. where it it's is? It's on the back page, but it that's don't even it. it don't even matter. It don't even matter. You see what I'm saying? That's that's why that I love Joel Pollock. I love Kyrie Williams. Those are my brothers, and I know they're Nets fans. But I'm telling you right now, they are not happy. They're not happy with this. They, they, man, we talked about this. I knew this would happen. I didn't know it would happen this fast, Gordon and Larry. I did not know it would happen this fast. Real quick on the Jets, mm-hmm. I don't know who we're going to pick, but I trust Chris from Manhattan to tell me who we should take. That's oh, yeah. I know that. He's done all the draft analysis. He knows who we should take, and they need to plug him in over there at Florham Park because he knows what he's talking about. That's all I got, fellas. Thank you all so much. Man, y'all happy. I made this the happiest birthday, man, but thank you all so much. Hey, Trey. Have a all good right, one, Trey. man. No Enjoy problem. the rest of the day. You got Definitely. 19 minutes. <laughs> you know, Carl Banks said it best on Twitter, Gordon. He says, as much as I love Kyrie's game, if I'm a Nets fan, I would be terrified. He could wake up one random morning and say he's going to retire. Dude does some odd stuff. Look, I don't think that that's, I think that that's going to happen here. It seems like sooner rather than later. It, it does not seem like he has a joy for the game, right? Like it does, it seems like it's like a burden for him. And it seems like a lot of things are burdens for him. Now, again, I don't want to judge him. Let him have his time and figure it out. But the way he has handled it, I mean, I don't, I don't see how you can excuse it. And it would be one thing, even if this were the first thing that he had ever done and handled yeah. it this way, I think it would be horrible. But it's not the first thing. And unfortunately for the Nets, I don't think it's going to be the last thing either. Yeah, you're right. You're right. This is ESPN New York Tonight on 98.7 ESPN.